Enter now the age of apocalypse, Shiga, with your hosts, Dayspring and Scott Free. The name's Cable. Remember it. And the only people who can stop apocalypse are the mutants known as Dayspring, Scott Free, and Michelle. This is Captain America, and we need to defeat apocalypse. god scott oh my god paul how are you yeah you know i'm surviving i'm, I'm still still trying to to recover from the emotional devastation of not being at san diego comic-con with uh, all of you fine folks i have to tell you it was my first comic-con in such a long time and it was pretty exciting like the vibe was crazy there but you know it's so funny because when you register to do a panel, I didn't know you got extra tickets for said panel. And we had, you know, everyone like wanted to bring a plus one and all of that stuff. And you were like, well, I'm starting a new job. I don't think I can go. And I was pretty upset about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I was pretty upset about that too. But, you know, I had to do like a cost benefit sort of thing. And it's like the job pays for me to do stuff like this. So I kind of had to like uh, do that, but look at it. next year. Next year we'll hit it hard and oh. do it. What like FlameCon and uh, New York Comic Con? Okay, I want to so. say something about FlameCon, and I doubt anyone from FlameCon is actually listening to this. But I pitched them, Miss Lenore Zan, <laughs> and they're like, "No, sorry, <laughs> we're full." And I was like, "Who?" what like you don't have room for miss lenore zan i was like Mm-mm. so then i was like well can i at least get two press passes <laughs> and we're waiting to hear back if i'm going to get two press passes we, we we can edit this whole bit out because we want those press passes um <laughs> but like yeah like make make room for lenore i mean yeah, we'll go to we'll go to FlameCon and that's gonna be fun. Cerebro Cast is gonna be there with Ms. Demanda Martini, which is gonna be excellent. And New York Comic Con, let's see how that shapes up. You know, fingers crossed on everything there. Get that Demanda money out. <laughs> so San Diego was actually really fun because it was the first time I was ever hosting a panel. And we had Miss Lenore Zan, Larry Houston, the Lee Walls, and Dan Wiesenmeyer. And we did a celebration of the X-Men 30th anniversary. And Bo DeMaio, who's a new 97 showrunner, came to the panel and dropped the news that Larry was going to direct the opening title for the series. I'm jealous. Uh, I think this is probably the best thing to ever come out of one of us hosting people before. So uh... <laughs> I'm sure the people you've hosted will, would say otherwise. Uh, no, no, no comment on that. But no, like it, that's that's awesome. It was yeah, from what I saw, like great group. Um, you know, you, uh, Michelle, frequent guest host. Yeah, it was really fun, man. And you know, they, they Larry and Dan had done another panel like the night before, and they were supposed to reveal some character designs for X Men '97, but Larry lost his laptop and phone 
Mm-hmm. So I love that somewhere on the con floor, there is a laptop with all the secrets of X-Men 97 just waiting to be unlocked. But then I think the following day, right before our panel, or it could have been our panel was on Saturday. So this was on Friday and Larry's and Dan's was on Thursday. So on Friday, the Marvel animation panel actually unveiled first looks at X-Men 97 and the characters. And it wasn't that much, to, to be honest. And I kind of felt like I, I I was ready for that because they're still a year away. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, they're not, they're not going to give away too much. But they did show us some really interesting things. One of them was an image we had seen before, but they sort of changed one of the characters, which we can get into. But I thought, like, let's sit down and let's go through it. Let's look at the character. Let's speculate. What do we want out of them in X-Men 97 and give our overall feels for them? Let's do it. So the first one I have here is Beast, a.k.a. Hank McCoy, who's on this image. And by the way, this image, it's a group shot that kind of came out when a the Disney Plus announcement came out that they were going to do it. The only difference in this is that Storm has a mohawk. That's yes. still the same exact image. And they're, you know, in front of the mansion, which looks epic as fuck. But our first character is, in fact, Beast. And what are your thoughts on Mr. McCoy here? Uh, you know, he he looks relatively unchanged. Uh, you know, this is peak Hank McCoy. He's uh, ready to commit some war crimes. And um, no, it, it, I like it, it's, it's actually funny because like this Hank um is very different from the comic hank like this is very much like 80s comics hank and not like sketchy war criminal hank and you know look he looks great he looks happy to be there um yeah i like the character design i like his like kind of like devilish smirk here and i agree with you i think george buza's hank mccoy will always be my favorite hank mccoy it's a hank you wish you were getting you know he's so quirky he's hanging upside down he's quoting shakespeare so Yes, I hate Beast. I booed when they announced Beast at the Hasbro panel. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a great figure, though. Sidebar, it's a great figure. really is a great figure. But, you know, I'm excited to see this Beast back. I I would love it if it began with him being swapped out for Dark Beast, you know, and that's sort of his, like, subplot. And, you know, they can adapt it however they want. Dark Beast can be adapted any which way they want. But in my headcanon you know, Age of Apocalypse happened and this is a world post Age uh, age of Apocalypse and Dark Beast has already infiltrated the mansion. But, you know, I think that's a that's a stretch, but that's sort of what I would like to see of him. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it it would be a lot since they haven't fully done Age of Apocalypse, like they've done a version of Age of Apocalypse uh, and Beast is heroic in that from what I remember so like it would be a stretch but I could see it yeah and you know I, I just I'm trying to think of what would Beast do in X-Men 97 I believe they retackled the legacy virus or something like the legacy virus and it ends with it already being cured so you know, with what was it? it was like Wolverine's healing factors and like his body's creating the antibodies that will save the future. So I'm not like that. I'm totally forgetting what it was. But yeah, so he's not gonna be hanging upside down curing the legacy virus. So what what else can you do with Beast? You bring in Dark Beast, who replaces him infamously in Onslaught, you know, which was 1996. So yeah, that's where I would go. 
our next one is our God Queen, Jean Grey. Well, I mean, when you said our God Queen for a sec, I was like, Emma, Emma's not there. But um, <laughs> no, Jean, uh, I, I love the design. I love that they kept the classic 90s design. Um, she's standing up. She hasn't fainted. That's a nice change of pace. She looks really good. She looks right out of a Joe Mad comic. Yeah. You know, what, what do you do with Jean in the 90s for for such a long time? She she was very iconic, in, especially in this costume. I don't know if she had a specific plot dedicated to her. She was more reactive to like onslaught and and stuff like that. But I would love to see her shopping around Salem and onslaught coming to, you know, visit her. But I don't think we're going to get her fainting, though. I they, they may gag at it, but I definitely don't see them you know, having her faint on screen, especially in the year 2022. I was about to say in the year 2010, she's not going to be fainting. <laughs> I know, man. It, it I happens. Know. It have In 2022, she ain't going to be fainting on camera. But, you know, I think we're going to get, um, I think she's going to be involved in the plot in a significant way. I think they're going to probably lean into, you know, her during that era Maybe she'll fight with Psylocke, you know, I don't know. But yeah, I think it's anyone's guess because I think after the Dark Phoenix saga, there wasn't much for Jean to do in the series. So no, she kind of peaks there. And um, yeah, like she doesn't really have much in the way of like memorable stories after that point. You know, the series does end with her Wolverine and Cyclops going to Genosha, trying to get Magneto and rescue Xavier. So they do end high with them. But, you know, what was Xavier's last line to her? Like, she has become, like, more powerful than anyone, and yet she still remains the same innocent girl he knew. I mean, I'm paraphrasing what he said. So, yeah. you know, maybe they'll lean into Jean embracing her power a little bit, just like how Famka did in the, in the movies. But... Yeah, I, you know, it just depends on what stories they're going to be adapting. I'm trying to think Jean post Phoenix, you know, she had X Factor, she had Madeline, she had Inferno, you know, she, she was on the gold team. Oh, that's a good, that's a good point. I wonder if they're going to eventually get divided into gold and blue team members. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll get to this in more detail a little later on, but also like Charles is probably not going to be there. At the beginning. I think he's going to come back at the end. Yeah, at least. So, you know, Gene is going to be the main, like, psychic. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, She's so, going to be the only know, one who's going to really be able to use Cerebro. Yeah. So we'll, we'll probably get some Gene and Cerebro action. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm here for it. Let's see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, I, you bring up a really valid point. She will probably be their, like, main Cerebro like she did when he was away in the Savage Land. Yeah. And, and she will be the one using Cerebro most of the time. Storm is next. Uh, I mean, it's, it's iconic. It's, it's Mohawk Storm. Um, you know, they, they changed up um, pretty much everybody else here is largely unchanged design-wise. Storm has by far the biggest change uh, with the iconic uh, like 80s uh, mohawk. 
Yeah. And, you know, here's the thing, though. So I was talking about this on the live last night. Someone, though, pointed out it's not a mohawk. It's a faux hawk. <laughs> so I was like, OK, fair enough. But I think the point being is that maybe Storm is going through some kind of change, you know, and that's why she gets her haircut like that. It is different from the promo image where she had regular long hair and now she has the the, the faux hawk here. You know, since it's called X-Men 97, I would have preferred the bob with like the long bangs look. Yeah, but that's fine. It, it's it gets a point across. So maybe following Xavier's disappearance, she's going back to the Morlocks. And, and maybe that's why she cuts her hair. Maybe maybe Forge is going to come in with a gun that's going to steal her powers and she's going to revert to a child. I don't know. But, you know, I think I hope, I hope not. The Leewald said that if they could go back, they would have given Storm a much bigger role. And yeah. I hope that's going to be the case here. I, I, I don't know what stories they could adapt here. But, I mean, maybe she's the leader of the gold team. Who knows? Kind of like, I, I really dislike the Storm as a child whole thing. I know Claremont loved that to the point where he's doing it again in like the Gambit miniseries. And good for him. But, um, you know. We'll see. Well, they have to explain uh, yeah. how she got deed child like eyes. Does that make sense? Like she went from a child back to an adult. Like at least explain that gap. Gap. Fair. That that's fair. Uh, you know, they bring Claremont out and have him explain that. But um, overly explain yeah. that. Overly explain it and have he actually mentioned when we were in New York Comic Con in the li- you weren't in the line to see Claremont, but he actually mentioned that he was going to be writing Gambit. So yeah. So there you go. Cyclops yeah. is next. I mean, this this is his iconic uh, 90s look. You know, give him a jacket, call the day. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think too. Much like Gene, although he was a hallmark of the series, or excuse me, a hallmark of the X-Men in the 90s, he didn't really have much to do. Again, he was more reactive. I mean, Scott... Scott and Jean get married, you know, they go to the future. That's a that's a plot point I, I think we could have brought up for Jean too, but maybe it's going to be the adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix and they'll go off and do their thing. I don't know. I he doesn't really have I I, I think Cyclops's story as a character really does take off during the Morrison era. Maybe we can even yeah. say before at the 12th. And that's where I think he's propelled into storytelling up until like Hox Pox, but I was like thinking like, what are they going to do with him? And the only thing I can think of is that they'll probably do his brother. They'll do, you know, Alex or Adam X or Vulcan. But I, I think maybe they'll tackle Havoc here. So, yeah, um, I mean, you, you could you could do ex- I mean, Executioner's song has a lot of gene and Scott, um, I don't know how well that would translate to a uh, to a cartoon. Uh, you can have strife force feeding uh, baby food to them. That would be an iconic scene. Like that would be epic. Yeah, Executioner Song is another great thing that they could do. I mean, they already have Cable in there, and Strife did appear in the background of Beyond Good and Evil. So that is in the realm especially one of the things i think the series has going for it going into it is that they've done so much world building so yeah. they can use what happened in the early 90s in the series so you know it, it wouldn't be unheard of to th- throw in strife 
just all of a sudden. But yeah, let's see where they go with that. But I think I definitely think they're going to do Havoc. I it was something it was mentioned in both books that they if they could have gone back in like for season six, the Lee Walds would have really have wanted to have done um, a story with Havoc and Cyclops. So I think that's probably likely since they're consulting. If if I had to bet. And that's like an iconic um, era, like design wise for like Havoc with like oh, yeah. the coat and X Factor and uh, Polaris and all that. So like, go for it. Jubilee. Um, yeah, again, you know, largely, largely unchanged, but you know, I mean, she looks looks like jubilee spunky she's got the the hand on the hip um you know ready for a night out at the arcade and uh yeah allison court who voiced her relinquished the role because it's going to a chinese american voice actress which fantastic and it makes me wonder if allison court is gonna voice kitty pride perhaps or someone like that some kind of ex ingenue just to give it a nice nod to, to who she played originally. But you know, with Jubilee, I think the series was supposed to end at beyond good and evil before they came back for a fifth season. And in it, Xavier and Jubilee were going to go off and start the Massachusetts Academy. So I think iconically Jubilee leaves the X-Men in the nineties and starts generation X. And since we have Emma already confirmed to be in the series, I wonder if season one is going to be the journey of Emma sort of becoming anti-hero founding the Massachusetts Academy and Jubilee eventually going to join her. I mean, I, I would be entirely here for that. Uh, nice tie in to book club. Uh, you can then introduce the generation X kids and sort of like have that whole kind of like secondary, um, let's just say next generation, but the new mutants of the next generation, the next next generation. But I think also like spinoffs, right? Like yeah. you could have like you, you you could have a main X Men animated show, and then you can have a Generation X animated show, an X Force animated show. So if you if you you kind of see that as season one, that like they're not afraid to break off the team and put them in other teams like they so infamously do in the comics, then you're like, Oh, okay. Like you can have your own spinoff with Emma leading the Massachusetts Academy with Jubilee, you know? And, and that makes me really excited. So all eyes on, on, on Jubilee. I don't know if I'm thinking too big and too long-term, you know, I wonder if they're probably thinking like, let's just tell a season one, they have a season two that they announced. I wonder if it's because of how many episodes are just ordered from a production standpoint, and they're just dividing those episodes between season one and two. But I think, I think maybe, I think the sky's the limit here. And I think they could potentially be doing spinoffs, especially since this is for Disney plus. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the flip side of that is like, I would be, interested slash possibly a little scared to see how they would handle something like generation x like how are you gonna how is disney going to do somebody like like skin like are you gonna have like you know skin or chamber some of these characters who have like real physical um mutations and just showing like stuff like that I hope so. Yeah, I really, I, I hope they do. Let's see how they, they do it. You know, I don't yeah. think like, 
You know, the, the original series did not shy away from really adult themes. I mean, I was talking about this with Larry at dinner because he directed that entire title opening sequence in just yeah. like a weekend. Like it, he literally, he was talking about how it just like kind of flew out of him and he kind of like, I don't want to say storyboarded it, but he, he mapped it out in just one weekend. And I told him one of the things from that intro that was just so powerful for me was Jubilee running with this like mob behind her wanting to lynch her and her grabbing onto the fence and her eyes and everything. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, I, I think it's feasible that they could do people with like big mutations. I mean, animation hopefully is not a hurdle anymore. And especially since they've had so much lead time, but yeah, I mean, like they'll have to introduce a whole like slew of characters, but Disney likes money. And if this show does really well, I definitely see them doing spinoffs without a doubt. Oh, yeah, completely. Uh, and we'll get, you know, Disney Plus showing skin getting crucified. And it'll be. Well, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't think they're, no, I don't think anyone's ready to adapt <laughs> Chuck Austin just yet. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't think anybody is ready to adapt Chuck Austin. I don't see period. Bo DeMaio pitching Chuck Austin to Lenore Zan. Like, I just don't see it happening. Although oh, no, I've wanted sugar. to get Chuck Austin for... Oh, sugar, this sounds like a terrible story. <laughs> um, I, I've wanted to get Chuck Austin on the show because I don't... It's not that... I, his era was something, you know what I mean? And it's less about being critical and more about understanding what he did. <laughs> Well, I, like not not to like completely sidebar the whole thing. I think for like us, especially as like readers who were of a certain age during like Chuck Austin's run, like most of that run is just burned into my memory. And like it would both be interesting to talk about it with him, but I would also just be like, "What the fuck, man! Like, what were you?" Well. I mean, listen, it was bad. I mean, listen, yeah, it, it, as a yeah. fan, as a as a writer, it's like, uh, but, you know, in fairness to Chuck Austin, he was coming at a time when we just lost Morrison on the books. Yeah. And that was an era. And I know a lot of people talk about Morrison and the work they did, but it brought a lot of us back to the books. And at the time it was considered the gold standard. In fact, for me, it's still considered the gold standard of like an overarching X-Men story that really gives you a satisfying end. So it, the bar was set impossibly high for Chuck Austin on top of just not delivering something good. But that being said, yes, I don't see, <laughs> I don't see both Mayo and the rest of the creative team being like, let's do Chuck Austin's like best forgotten. I mean, next you're going to tell me they're not going to make Nightcrawler the Pope. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Demonic Pope. Demonic Pope, yeah. Um, so, like, next we have, I mean, the, you know, Logan. Uh, Two words. Fatal Attraction. Fatal Is it Fatal Attraction. Attractions or Fatal Attraction? Uh, isn't it Fatal Attractions? Okay. Fatal I, fa Fatal Attraction is the Glenn Close movie. Oh God, that was so iconic, right? From like 1980 something. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I think Magneto needs to rip out Logan's adamantium skeleton, and he needs to go feral. That is what I want for him. Yeah, and you know, this way you get your also your Fabian Cortez action. Oh. God, I just want him there. Did you see Nerd Alert's um, Fabian Cortez look? Yes, I, I I'm still trying to process that. 
Like I was like in love with him the entire time. It was, it was, it was literally me following him around everywhere. <laughs> did did people know who he was? Though? No, no one yeah. knew who he was. Yeah. I, someone called him something else. They called him like a sentinel or something. But then he went, um, he went up to Lenore and he was here like, can you please like touch me and I'll faint. And she did that. And he like fainted and it was like, everyone was laughing and he just, he, he, he just really killed it. And like, we were like recording something for Instagram and he just like hammed it up as a character. And I was just like, I'm in love with you nerd alert so much right now. No, I, I, I forgot though, that Fabian is in, uh, the animated series. Oh yeah, Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he is. Uh, Lauren Spain voiced him. Yeah. But, I mean, minor too. Well, it ends with with him becoming the new vessel for Apocalypse. Yeah. So let's see if they pick up that plot thread. I mean, technically, I guess he's dead. <laughs> but I listen. Unspecified time gap. Everyone's okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, and, and you know, he's not really gone if he lives on in our hearts. <laughs> My heart will go on. Yeah. yeah. But with Wolverine, I think, you know, fatal attractions. Let's see where they go with the Scott Jean romance. I don't think we're going to get, get a thruple by any means, but maybe he'll yeah. go off and have a lot of uh, stories on his own, which he did in the comics at the time. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is like the golden age of like the Wolverine, like solo titles mm-hmm. too. So there's like a ton of material um, to mine and just like weave in. What about Gambit? I mean, it's it's the it's the raging the original raging Cajun. Um, <laughs> like, you know what what better era is there for Gambit than the '90s? Like, this is kind of when the you know like for better or worse, I I like Gambit, but this is when he peaks, like. Gambit's not had really a great post 90s storyline, I would argue. Like, people are going to come for me now with like the cats and stuff, but like, I don't feel like Gambit has had a great storyline since the 90s. And like, this is the golden age of Gambit. So, like, do all the crazy Gambit shit. Like, introduce like his wife, you know, his like secret assassin wife. No, she's already in it. She's already in it. She. Yeah, yeah. She's a, they they adapted a version of that mini the Lee Weeks miniseries, but it wasn't fate. But the, if I had to come back, I would do that that adaptation faithfully. You know, it may be a little redundant, but just have Belladonna in a coma, and he has to come. You know, but um, I would love that Rogue uh, Gambit those minis to be strictly adapted, but. What else does he, he has like the Marauder storyline too Marauder that you can draw stuff. from retroactively? He was part of it. He has ties, nebulous ties to Sinister that may make him mm. or not make him a, um, a, uh, a, a Summers brother. I don't know. Play with the character. They redid, they, they redid the, the ex assassin story and they resolved that because it was Mystique shape shifting into him. So yeah. I, uh, but I agree you, with oh, you. I think they should. Yeah, Mutant Masker. Yeah. Oh, Mutant Massacre. Yeah. And I think they really should lean into Belladonna and his origin story and take them to New Orleans. I would 100% love that. I'm trying to think of like what else. Um, Yeah. I mean, just honestly, there's so much material with Rogue and Rogue and Remy that you can just 
adapt. I mean, hell, we've we've even seen it during our like Age of Apocalypse reread before we got into the Age of Apocalypse. There's like yeah. all the like sexual tension between Rogue and Remy, and you know he's there and like his like Saints jersey like cut off and like operating so the hot. danger room and yeah, just just go in full like '90s trash himbo. Uh, go for it. Oh, you know what? The other thing they could do too. I mean, they already, again, they already did the assassin, the ex assassin storyline, but I believe, was it, it was Bishop's future. The reason why they thought that Gambit was the ex traitor was because he's alive in the future and he's like a withered old man with like women surrounding him. If I'm remembering the image correctly, and he's, he's known as the witness. So if they're bringing Bishop back, they could they could do that for Gambit, but I don't know. I agree with you though. Like '90s is Gambit peak. I mean, no disrespect to the kiddies, but him being a horseman of death kind of pales in comparison to some of the stories he has here. He also hooks up with Fox, which is actually Mystique. <laughs> so yes, I don't I don't think it's until we get to X Men Legacy that we actually get a story. But I, you know what, I think they are going to do, and this was something I was thinking about way like when this was first announced i think if magneto's leading the team rogue infamously has a relationship with magneto and obviously yeah. joseph i wonder if they will break up rogue and gambit and she will be with magneto and he'll be sort of off on his own like how kind of how he did in that era as well so yeah i just looking on i completely forgot there's the whole episode with the assassin's guild and belladonna and all of that but they're not married in that no I no i no. i don't they're not married right yeah 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 uh, a little too a little too racy for uh children's <laughs> cartoon but well, spe- uh speaking yeah. of racy though rogue lenore rogue. zan the star of the show as far as i'm concerned rogue is going to be the star of the show based uh, off of I- just being with lenore zan all weekend and thinking she's gonna like wolverine who it's all gonna be about rogue it's all about rogue um I mean, you know, the the character who's so iconic in the 90s that they have not updated her costume since. Um, Like, look, again, there's plenty of rogue material in this era. Unlike Gambit, she has had a lot of high moments, like, after the 90s, in, like, my view. But there's a lot of great rogue stuff um, in the 90s. Like, as we saw, the rogue miniseries um, with where she, like, road trips across the country and just you can mine like all of that material yeah i agree i think rogue is gonna get um a significant amount of plot just based off of like the vibes that i saw around the con and how everyone was so excited for in the marvel animation panel they actually did show her you know like beating a sentinel and saying something like i'm here sugar or something like that so i think the it's very telling that they're leading with her in their in their stuff so yeah let's see where they go with her i think the sky's the limit i think she's gonna be if magneto's leading the x-men if i'm here writing the series i would think magneto's leading rogue is with him like they are a couple like they're that new version of scott and gene and it kind of yeah. parallels how rogue felt in season one the cure where she looked at scott and gene and they were sort of the leaders so i would like that for her I mean, break her off from Gambit, but I mean, eventually set her back with Gambit. But, you know, I think she'll I'm, I'm curious what kind of storylines they'll do with her, because, again, they also did already tackle the Cody story, which yeah. is sort of this 
adaptation of her mini. I would love to see them go into space and she's wearing the Joe mad pink jumpsuit. That would be a dream come true. I stop fucking laughing. That would be a dream come true for me, but let's see where they go with it. It's, you know, anyone's guess. I think the other thing that we failed to also like talk about, I failed to talk about is that they will probably adapt their own content to, or write their own unique storylines so they can do whatever they want. But, um, in terms of where the characters should be. Oh yeah, totally. They can write their own storylines. They can mine stuff from other eras as well. It's not strictly, you know, like totally the nineties, um, yeah. even though it is the nineties, but they can bring stuff from other eras. So then we have a villain's image and, yes. and Callisto's in it. And I don't really remember much of Callisto in the animated series, but I think it's safe to say given storm has a Mohawk and Callisto's here, the Morlocks will, will come back. Oh yeah. I just, I want to see like angry sewer knife fights and like, you know, with this character who is totally not just Joan Dett, um, just like go in there, you know, go for it. Yeah. And I wonder if they're going to introduce Marrow, who obviously gets her heart ripped out by Storm. I mean, talking about <laughs> crucifying skin, I wonder if they'll show Storm ripping out the heart of Marrow. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it would be a bold, creative choice. Um, I Look, I would enjoy it. Uh, I don't know if the Disney execs would. Yeah, no, I definitely see the Disney execs being like, mm, no, thank you, move on, but... Yeah, let's see what they do with Callisto. I, I'd be really happy to see what they do with her. The next one, though, of course, is Emma Frost. Yes, the true god queen. <laughs> uh, Listen, I love her very, very much. So I will accept that shade. This this is the era in which Emma be- goes from being a villain to an anti-heroine. Um, you know, like mentioned with uh, Generation generation x and uh you know assembling that team with banshee and all that it's like this is there's a lot that they can do um with emma and uh you know they kept her costume pretty much unchanged uh i wonder if she'll be able to have alcohol in this series instead of just toasting with a glass of water the inner circle delicious water filtered water yeah last we saw emma well she was in the background of beyond good and evil she was among the psychics abducted but didn't play any significant part but last time we saw her she was just running out of the hellfire club you know mansion screaming get out of my way and that's it we never we never see her again i i I am with you i think we're gonna get a major storyline with her i think she is gonna go from villain to anti-hero and i hope she flirts a little bit with scott i would love to see them sort of kind of come together but i don't want gene to die <laughs> i don't want gene to die unless she becomes white phoenix and gets her own spinoff series then i'm okay with her dying I, sh- sure i i yeah that that would be that'd be surprising but i i do want to see the uh the scott and emma like flirting well maybe what's going to happen Wolverine's going to go off on his own. Scott and Jean are going to have to investigate like the Hellfire Club or something like that. And then Emma's going to come in and it's sort of going to be that love triangle. But 
Yeah, let's see where it goes with it. But again, I think what, like we said about Jubilee, I think it's a very high probability the series will end with Emma establishing the Massachusetts Academy and taking some of the X-Men with her, including Jubilee. Yes. Sinister knows your future. When you think like 90s X-Men villains, uh, I mean, Sinister always is like top of the list. And um, there's still even with all the stuff that they did with Sinister in the original series, like there's a lot of material uh, left like that they can work with. Yeah. And I think it, it's funny. They streamlined his design because infamously he was hard to animate according to Larry and the Lee Wong. So that's why he kind of like comes in from the shadows, like moving forward. So they didn't have him move his body around because of all the design elements. Yeah. yeah, I mean, listen, he played a major role in the animated series. Obviously, he was present with the Savage Land. They can do whatever they want with Sinister. It's going to be fun. It's going to be creepy. I wonder what they're going to lean in with him. I wonder if he's going to get different bodies, if he's going to be gender-bent at one point. I am very, very pleasantly happy that he's here and he's front and center. And he, it looks like he could be the main an- antagonist of season this season. Oh yeah, just because of the uh, the positioning and other things, I completely completely agree. So then we have Sebastian Shaw next to him. Shaw Shaw didn't for me didn't make much of an impact in the original cartoon. Like he's obviously part of the 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 inner circle. Um, the inner circle. The inner circle. Sorry, no, 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 no. Tradition demands feet. it, Scott. The inner circle. Sorry. Wow. Uh, and then he like he gets passed over for leadership in place of uh, masterminds, and then he escapes. And it's like, okay, well. So uh, yeah, I, I hope we get a lot. I hope we get a more fleshed out Shaw. Um, I feel like in like the Krakoa era in the comics, um, a lot of people who didn't really have an appreciation for Shaw as like a character as like a villain before now do. And like, there's a lot of material to work with there and he's a great character. And uh, yeah. Maybe what we'll do, I mean, maybe they'll have a hellfire gala and Lourdes Chantal will get murdered at it because of project wild <laughs> wake. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the only thing that really comes to mind with me for Shaw during this era because I, he's largely inconsequential after the Dark Phoenix saga. I mean, maybe Sage slash Tessa will be there, but, you know, I think he will eventually, you know, die and his surrogate son will, will come in. I know they, they reckoned it. I forgot who really is his father in, uh, in Marauders, but yeah, let's see what goes on with Shaw, but... Yeah, I don't think he's going to be a major. I don't. How about this? With Shaw, I don't think he's going to be major in the way that Emma and Sinister are probably going to be major villains. I think he will be like a tier two villain at best. Oh, yeah. Um, Shinobi's father is Harry. Leland. Oh, there you go. That's Harry Leland. Um, yeah. I'm- who always, always has a special place in my heart as one of the few mutant lawyers. Um, and Krakoa's ambassador of the UN. Yeah, I know. They, they bring him back to life, and then boom, you're ambassador right there. But uh, yeah, you have a son. Here, here, here's your bastard, and we're sending you to the UN. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So the next one, I got so many DMs about. Everyone was like, is that Hillary Clinton? <laughs> and it's actually Val Cooper. Uh, yeah, a, a Clinton administration official, though. <laughs> so. <laughs> Her and Hillary went to the same salon in D.C. and got their hair did. Yeah, that that is actually literally like the 90s, like D.C. power lady uh, suit. So, yeah. Uh, Val Cooper. Yeah. Um, does this mean we're going to get um, Freedom Force and all that? Freedom Force. X Factor, bring it on. I think she will be collecting people. I think she's going to be the Val of, of X-Men 97, you know, just like in the MCU where Val is going around collecting uh, the Thunderbolts. I would love it. Again, I don't think she will be a major character like Sinister or Emma, but I think she'll probably be in the background sort of collecting people. And yeah, maybe it's going to be Freedom Force and that will be a plot within the within the show, or maybe we're going to get a spinoff with X Factor. So Oh, I bet you anything. Yeah, that's what they're going to do. They're going to have Cyclops and Havoc, and then you already have X Factor with that, and then you have Val Cooper, who's going to join up with them. Oh, because Forge yeah. is also in it. Is Forge in this image? Let's see. Let me look at the. Yeah, Forge is in this image too. So yeah. there, boom. Forge solved it. Forge is in that. Uh, you have some of the other later members of Freedom Force, like Mystique and Sabretooth, already available. So. And if they do Freedom Force and they do Mystique, they're going to have to do Destiny. There will be a public outcry if they don't do Destiny. So hmm, there we go. There you go. All right. So the next image, we have Nightcrawler on it. It looks really short in this. Yeah. Um, They drew Kurt. Like a bit bit. Like teen Kurt. He's really small. Yeah, he's he's really pretty small here. Kurt is not that short, so, but uh, you know, it, it it's just like a promo. Still, um, yeah, fair, fairly short. Uh, I have questions about that, but um, yeah, you know, obviously Kurt was in the original um, original series. Despite being a core member of the X Men, um, he doesn't get a ton of. No, I think he has two episodes. Yeah, he has two episodes, and one of them, you know, is the the infamous Faith episode, where Misty gets shot, and then she gets flashbacks to her holding him over, you know, the waterfall, and like tears streaming down her eyes, and she's like prayers, and then she like. Falls off, but she lives, obviously, and that's sort of where we end with Rogue and Nightcrawler sort of giving each other a hug. I wonder, I mean, like, I don't know why. I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Like, I wonder if they shied away from using him so much in the original series because A, the difficulty of animating a lot of like his teleportation stuff, but also like the faith factor because. Well, they, 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 they said this at our panel, like they are very surprised that they were able to have that episode air on the Saturday morning. So yeah, I agree with you, but you know, like they also could have not have done that for the character. You know what I mean? They could have written him any which way, but it was important for them to be very faithful to, to him and his religious background. So I agree. I don't think they're going to shy away from it now because they don't have the constraints of a network with Disney plus, but well, and also, but also Disney is Disney. So maybe, maybe they still do just in a different way, but 
I think they're going to lean into hopefully the familial drama with, you know, her, I mean, Mystique, him and Rogue. And maybe we'll get uh, Excalibur. Maybe Excalibur will be alluded to. Yeah. Uh, you can get Excalibur. Um, you can bring back. Um, he's not dead. The whole Friends of Humanity. Yeah, I forgot. Wait, where did where did Creed end? I think they dropped him off in front of Sabretooth. I think that's in that episode. I think that's the last we see. Oh Creed. yeah, yeah. He's you don't see him getting killed, but he's probably dead. Yeah, probably. I mean, oh no, probably come on, dead. that's Sabretooth. That's his son. Sabretooth isn't going to just kill him. Like he'll torture him and traumatize him, but I don't think he'll just kill him. Sure. Okay. I think it's likely. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think I think the point of that was that he's off the table for 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 good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So so maybe maybe no Graydon Creed return. But. <laughs> but Forge is next. And I think Forge and Storm are going to be in a relationship. I think he's gonna be Storm's arm candy. And I think we'll get it the infamous scene of I was gonna say yes, where they're breaking up and you know, I, what does Forge say? He like reads Storm to filth in the in the comic, but he's she, he walks away from her and Storm falls on her knees and she's here like, I was going to say yes. It's one of the times where, a few times where you do actually just see somebody just like read Storm, who's usually like unflappable to yeah. just like filth. Um, I, I really want to see Forge uh, with like the iconic panel where he's first introduced in like the short shorts with the golf club and it's just like hand on the hip like work um but yeah no especially with like um val cooper and if you do like havoc you've got the whole x um freedom force x4 yeah all that sort of stuff forges central to that in the 90s so well, yeah, and you also have like you've already established X Factor, like Pietro, Polaris, Wolf Spain, they're all their multiple man. So, you know, bringing them back in. That's another thing I think they're going to do really well because it's so beloved amongst fans is they're going to have as many cameos as they can in the background, just like how they did in the original series. And Larry Houston has spoken about that, that, you know, he would have mutant number five and it'd actually be multiple man, you know african-american mutant but it was actually black panther and that was his way of sneaking in characters and the network didn't know so they just approved everything so yeah i think we're going to see lots of more characters in the background even if they don't get a starring role and i think x factor again i i don't know why i'm seeing this there was no indication of this whatsoever at at san diego comic-con and either panel but I just feel that like they're going to do backdoor pilots for a lot of these series. And I think we're going to get X-Force, X-Factor and stuff like that and sort of follow the formula they're doing in the MCU, but bring it to X-Men 97. Yeah, I mean, I, I think just like the Disney Plus model um, has definitely leaned very heavily in the direction of spinoffs and, you know, oh, in teeing up like this show and then this show. And yeah, I mean, it, it would make, sense for them to um sort of go in that direction this is a lot of material to mine and but next we get bishop uh fan of baby spaulding uh lucas bishop (laughs) god i hope baby spaulding gets born and he's here like no and just drowns her but um (laughs) um 
Yeah. So originally in the Leewald's book, they say that the series was supposed to end with Bishop and Shard being stranded in the present and they joined the X-Men. So, you know, I, I'm fine with him being a member of the X-Men for whatever reason he came back. I think we're going to get blue and gold team now that I'm so we're sort of going through all of this together and I'm seeing the plethora of characters that are already on here. And even though when I first saw, it, I was like, nah, there's not that many characters. They have to reveal much more. This is actually a lot. And yeah, I think you have Storm, you have Gene, and you have Bishop right there right now. So I think it's a really good chance that we'll also get Archangel and Iceman and we'll round out the gold team since they've already been in the series. And, you know, sort of keeping the theme of like time traveling kind of jerks. Uh, next, we have Cable. Originally vo- voiced by Lawrence Bain, an interview of which we are prohibited <laughs> from releasing. <Yeah. laughs> and we don't want any uh, Disney lawyers coming for us because I, I can't beat them. So um, what's the no, point like, of you being here? What is the point of you being what, here what, if you're not acting as lawyer? Well, you, you start paying me and I'll, <laughs> I'll start. <laughs> I'm pretty but, sure I can uh, afford you. Here's a bottle of vodka. Well, yeah, I was going to say, well, now you have me on retainer. So, uh, <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, uh, it, was, it was a great interview. We just can't uh, air it until probably the show is aired. So uh, look forward to that in like two years. But no, like Cable, uh, again, you know, like, sort of like with Wolverine, like this is the 90s were a real golden age for like Cable's like solo series and like solo stuff and there's plenty of material there that you can like adapt into um you know like cable centric stuff for the cartoon um yeah they're uh, gonna deal with with scott gene being his his parents i definitely think executioner song is a high probability now so yeah. i i'm with you on that I circle back on Bishop though, really quickly. I'm just thinking yeah. of that scene from like the first X-Men gold where the Sentinels, you know, incapacitate Emma and Jean and they do like a mind swap and Bishop holds Jean being like, we've paid with the most precious coin of all. I think they're going to adapt that storyline too. Now, now, now that's what I'm thinking, but I think that storyline for, from X-Men gold and, um, and Executioner Song are probably stories that are likely to be coming in this series in their own way, adapted in their own way. Yeah. As they tend in, to do. In in their own way. There's there's a like I I love Executioner Song. There's a lot of stuff in there that like I just would not adapt for like what is ostensibly like a children's cartoon show. But so. here, here's the thing though. Look, we have also cable and we also have Sunspot yeah. here. I think it's a probability we're going to get X-Force. Yes. Like, uh, I, I definitely, they would be ridiculous if they don't do X-Force. When, like, with, you know, respect to Sunspot fans, love Roberto and, like, Sunspot Nation and all that, um, there's no reason for Roberto to be in this shot unless it's there to tee that up. Because, mm-hmm. like, otherwise, like, I mean, what are they, are they introducing, like, the new mutants? No. Like, why else is Roberto there? So. Yeah, and no disrespect to like characters like Jen Scott, but I just feel those future X Men just are inconsequential. And if you really want to do Cable, you're going to do X Force. And again, I, yeah. an X Force animated series make that shit a little bit more rated R. You have the Disney Plus parental controls that you can do that with. You're sold. That's it. Like boom, people are going to go wild for that. Yeah, uh, I mean the 
the kind of like thing that uh, sort of comes out. Of, I'm, I'm sorry, briefly lost my train of thought there. One second. Okay, got it. Boom. Um, Deadpool. I mean, yeah. Deadpool oh, yeah. is always like a thing with Cable, and um, you could definitely make a more R-rated cartoon focusing on like X Force. I don't know like what the right situation is with like Deadpool and like cartoons and stuff because I know there was an unproduced Deadpool cartoon. Um, but yeah, you could definitely definitely go in that direction. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Well, one hundred percent. You 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 throw that first story sabotage from X Force in, and that's a right time you throw in Spider Man as well. So fingers crossed. Yeah. So, so we, we got Sunspot. I think we agree that Sunspot is probably there as X-Force. And that will leave us with Morph to discuss. And the yeah. here he's in his Age of Apocalypse head. Yes. I, so I, they may be doing Age of Apocalypse or some version of Age of Apocalypse as well. I was a bit puzzled by this just because, you know, this is obviously like Exiles Morph, this is Age of Apocalypse Morph. Um, you, I'm not entirely sure what the decision was made to um, to change him. Uh, this, you know, he, he is a shapeshifter. You could simply just say this is Morph's like actual full yeah. form. Uh, and like he just for some reason chooses to appear as like a beaten down early middle-aged man. Uh, but this is like what his actual form Um so it's it's an interesting uh, interesting take. Uh, I was not pissed off at all, uh, considering that I'm planning a morph animated series cosplay for New York Comic Con. I was like, oh great, they changed him. Are you just dropping this right now? I didn't know you were going to do that. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, look, it's it's perfect. Like second third day of the con, I can roll out big dark circles under my eyes, look hungover and dead. Jacket, it's perfect. Well, it's because we're going to definitely be partying when we're at New York Comic Con. So, <laughs> yeah. So you can be hungover. People, you know, hungover, yelling at people, do you know who Lenore Zan is? <laughs> and like, great. It'll be great. It'll be a fun time. Yeah. I Listen, I think it's going to be, I think we're going to get some version of Age of Apocalypse here. I don't, I don't see how they could not do that. So I think we'll be good. I think we'll, I, I think that's what this morph, design is inspired by and the last image we got out of this panel was daddy magneto in yes. his in that very iconic pink reddish big m outfit that he wore for the original trial of magneto i i saw some complaints on twitter that it doesn't have enough uh under boob and side boob but no. um you know what, what are you gonna do what, don't don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good and uh, yeah, this is a, a really iconic Magneto design. This is when he sort of first joins like the side of good sort of and like becomes um, you know more integrated with the X-Men. So yeah, all four of them using this design to show sort of his transition to being a more heroic character. Um, it probably lines up with Charles being away uh, and Magneto taking charge of the team. 
I, I was actually thinking that maybe he's going to be, you know, obviously taking charge of the team and he's going to be doing such an awful, controversial job that he's going to be put on trial, <laughs> you know, with like the U.S. government. And that's why he's in that outfit or for whatever reason. I don't know. I Magneto is one of the characters. I mean, I'm going to say this. I don't really care about as much in terms of stories. You know, it's I, I, I'm fine with Magneto stories. I think some of them can be done really well, like that one he had in Uncanny X-Force that Rick Remender wrote. I thought that was wonderful. Obviously, I love the X-Men legacy era with the character. But, you know, in the animated show, it's like however they're going to want to do him. You know, I, I think Magneto is a justified character. Uh, the Lee Waltz have said that countless times that by the time you get to Magneto in the animated series, you understand his perspective. Like the, the government has hired mutant hunting robots to exterminate mutants. And Charles is trying to play nice with people. And Magneto's like, no, this is a fucking war. So I'm curious how that approach is going to come to the X-Men. I think it's going to be contentious. And I think he's going to make the X-Men sort of like outlaws. And I think he'll be put on trial. Oh, well, this this is going to be one of our, our huge blow-up disagreements because I love Magneto. Um, he is... I don't um, hate him. I just don't care for the stories as much as I should. Well, that's because you're wrong, Paul. Um, <laughs> or are you saying no, Magneto no, no. is right? Is Magneto oh, right? Ma- Magneto, Magneto has been... Magneto has been right since the first issue of the X-Men when he's trying to throw like missiles at people. Um, he has always been right. But uh, no, I look, I, I love Magneto as a character. Um, you obviously like a lot of his really iconic storylines. Some of them have to be toned down a little for a children's cartoon. Well, it's not a children's cartoon, but some of them have to be toned down for adaptations. Yeah. And um like you're not going to go into his background and like the camps and all you know World War II, but um, I think it sets up nicely having like a harder, more hard-edged kind of X-Men. And if you do, like you said, want to go into the trial of Magneto, you can have them react to like the X-Men being a little more, you know, he, militant. He may, he may also go dark and like just get like really angry one day and rip Wolverine's adamantium out of him as well as we mentioned. Like, I think he's going to be dark is all I'm saying. You know, I think it's going to be tough. I don't think he's going to be like how, you know, how we, how Xavier was. I don't think like how the series ended and he sort of like wanted to honor Xavier. I think he's going to be terrible at leading the X-Men, but he's good at leading the brotherhood, but he's going to be terrible as an ex leader. And we know this obviously parallels what happened in the comics during that time in the eighties. But listen, I, just to clarify though, IRL though, like if I had to choose between the Brotherhood and the X-Men, I would be on the Brotherhood side, like 100%, like burn down that government that's trying to oppress you. You know what I mean? And I think most people would agree on that. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I was just poking, you know, poking the bear. Um, as much but as I, I want. Ooh, ooh. Uh, it's getting spicy here on Power of X-Men. Um, no, like I, I completely agree, um, with also with like Roberto there, Roberto and Magneto obviously develop like a relationship, like a oh, I forgot about that. relationship, um, he still calls him headmaster, even in the days of X-Men yes. Red and Krakoa. Yes. So like, that's a definite possibility. Uh, if you're also looking longer term with 
spinoffs and stuff. Um, there's plenty of directions you could go with Magneto leading like a harder edged spinoff team, whether it's, um, you know, X-Force or some other team, you know, doesn't entirely track with the comics, but you could definitely have him going in that direction. Yeah. I listen, I think at this point it's anyone's guess on what they're going to do. I think what, if I'm like kind of like hearing our overall gist of the conversation is that there's so much of them to draw from and so yeah. much potential. And I think very likely we are getting spinoffs out of this. I think this first season is just going to be establishing the reestablishing the characters and then breaking them off and getting a whole slew of Disney plus shows. If I had to guess again, no, no indication given you know, and I want to give that disclaimer since I was with the X-Men 97 crew for most of Comic-Con. They were tight lip the entire time. They did not let anything drop. But I, I think what's really clear is that they, they're going to have fun with this. And, you know, onwards to the future. Onwards and upwards. All right, Scott, is there anything we need to plug? I'm sure there's stuff we need to plug, but I'm so burnt from Comic-Con. I don't even have a voice anymore. So I was being on the con floor with Namor cosplay and going up to people and asking them Eternals or X-Men was hysterical because predominantly most people said X-Men. But do you know what Lenore Zan said? Lenore Zan was like, oh, I'm a fan of the Eternals. And Namor cosplay just ran with that the entire weekend. I, I mean, you got to get your small victories, I guess, wherever. Take <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what you can get. We're, yeah. Judgment Day, uh, Age of Apocalypse is still going. Yep. Um, we're we're going to announce book club, like formally announce book club soon. So right. get your yeah, books. that's well. I think it's going to be after I come back from Alaska. So hopefully that'll be good. I am at Power of X Men, and I am at Mister Scott Free. And give us your thoughts, DM us on what you think is going to happen in X Men ninety seven. Well, thanks, Sugar. The Age of Apocalypse is now over, and we'll see you next time. The Age of Apocalypse is over. For now. <laughs> <laughs>